What's good, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Festive Podcast. Very excited today. We are jumping across the country here. We're going all the way from Orlando to Seattle, Washington, hosting the one and only Edward Lee, a very, very talented uh, creative. Edward, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, elevator pitch style here uh, to our audience? Yo, what is up, everyone? My name is Edward Lee uh, at Edward Lee Films on Instagram. I'm based in Seattle, Washington. I'm a filmmaker and content creator. Uh, and yeah, that's just pretty much what I do. So first and foremost, uh, give a little context. It's taken us almost, what, like a month, <laughs> month and a half to like actually set this up from like when we originally intended yes, yes. um so with that being said uh you know what have you been up to lately what's what's got you so busy what are you excited about um what have been some of your funnest projects uh give us some context here yeah definitely well before we dive right into that i just want to say kyle is the homie because he's been super flexible with the schedule stuff on the podcast i've been (laughs) it probably looks like i've been dodging it but in reality i've just been super busy so we're here now so we're having this conversation so super stoked to be on the podcast but yeah man just lately yes uh, what i've been working on i've just been working on a ton of client work that i'm trying to push like get done for the rest of the year and so it's my first year freelancing technically uh full time without like a job and so i'm trying to figure out the whole scheduling thing like how that works how i spend my days Uh, on top of that i'm trying to figure out where i want my career to go and like what niche right so right now i've been doing a lot more promo commercial ad type work um, and i'm not sure exactly if i want to stay here I've obviously, obviously dabbled into wedding and real estate, but it's not really where I want to flourish. So lately I've been working a lot of like short 30 to 90 second stinger promos that I've been doing for a lot of companies and brands, but I am working on a filmmaking course. And so that's going to be launching in 2020. But in order for that to come to fruition, I need that's why I've been hustling so hard because I need to start finishing all my client work so that I can have like three to four months available to just kind of dive into this course thing um but yeah that's kind of what i've been up to just shooting editing uh trying to hit the gym when i can but for the most part you know how it is it just gets just gets super busy you know <laughs> for sure so um obviously i'm sure there's some things you want to keep on the low low with with the filmmaking course but uh i didn't know i didn't know you were doing that so that's that's super exciting man uh congrats on pursuing that can you break down a little bit more because there's uh, there's a ton of people nowadays that are like putting out filmmaking courses or just like general courses. So like, what are, what are you like, what are you specifically trying to um, provide in regards to value with your course? Like, is it specifically like filmmaking in regards to like, you know, how to like do three point lighting and like, Mm -hmm. what is a hair light and like using flag and negative fill and like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Or is it more, I guess macro in the sense like filmmaking as like turning a career, making a career out of, you know, filmmaking, you know, being a freelancer, being a content creator, Mm -hmm. um, capitalizing on, you know, social media and such. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, well, I mean, to kind of go to that first part of that question, um, for me personally, I don't, I'm not trying to make any of this on the low low. And I think that's like the very first thing that I want to get out the gate right is because like <laughs> that's that's like the struggle I faced when I was first learning uh, videography is that like all these people who are crushing it, they were always trying to be like kind of low key about the, what they were doing. And even when they were offering value, it was like 
I still felt like they were holding something back from what they were doing. And that's what I'm trying to change. You know, I don't want to be like that. Facts. So I'm trying to be like 110% transparent about everything that I'm doing. So like, I'm fully prepared to talk about this course if we want to, but I just don't want to hog the mic with the course stuff, but, but, um, pretty much what, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'm just always like interested, like, so w with the course, you know, like, is it going to be, cause there's so many directions you can take something totally. like that. Like, are you going to be pulling from like, um, mentors and people that have helped you along your journey? Or is it going to be like a full, just like reflection of like what you've learned on your journey? Because like yeah. both can provide so much value and scenarios and examples, but like, obviously they're just two like entirely different, uh, stories totally. if you will um so that's a really good question i think i'm going to take both approaches like there will be some guest mentors and stuff on the course um but for the most part the course is going to be just like a representation of the journey that i've had just like you said you know and so it's not necessarily going to be like i'm not i'm going to be honest like i'm not the best filmmaker out there i know there's way more talented people than me out there there's going to be people who know way more about the like specific filmmaking techniques than me but for me this course is going to be if there's someone like me struggling out there when I was first starting out and you watch this course, I want to be able to have them like replicate what I did as close as possible to get them to where they want to be. Now, is that like the only way you can get there? Probably not. There's so many different ways you can get to success. I'm just going to be like dumping everything that I know in this brain onto a course in hopes to either get someone started, get them to where they need to go. And it's not going to be the only way to get there. But I'm going to make sure to give them all the knowledge that I have to to where for how I got here. And so I'm. it's basically going to be a deep dive into everything. I mean, I, it's pretty early on in the in the stages. So I might pivot that at some point because that's sure. a lot. I mean, you know, but there's just a lot in content creation, not just on the creation front, but just the business front as well. Um, and so a lot, oh of, gosh, a, lot yeah. a lot of people <laughs> are saying like, oh, man, like. Are you going to split it up into like business and also like content creation? Cause that's, that could be two courses in itself. Um, but for me personally, I want it to be concise, but at the same time, I want it to be effective. And so I think it's going to be more so just like a overall, like how to quit your job if you're working one and become a content creator. So we're not going to go crazy into like movie making and narrative work, but for the most part, it's going to be like, okay, you don't know what camera to shoot on. You don't know how to get clients and you're broke right now. How are you going to make this happen? You know, so from there, we're going to talk about, you know, camera equipment. And I have this module that's called on set. And that's basically going to be like job, virtual job shadows for like all different types of videos. So like promo videos, real estate videos, like all that stuff. And so it's just going to be like a virtual academy. And I guess people who are listening and you probably know, but it's, I guess it's going to be more so towards like the full-time filmmaker by Parker Walbeck type of side of things. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And less of the whole like micro 10 people on board only kind of coaching thing. It's going to be more so like people come here to like learn all things and I'm going to have guest teachers. And my, one of my main, main goals for the course is like, once you buy it once and once you've made that investment, I don't want it to just be like, oh yeah, here's the course, like chill on it. And I made it once and make money for like the coming years. I want to constantly be putting new content on it every, every month. So if you, the earlier you come on, the more new content you're going to get, like for the foreseeable future. So that's kind of the plan. And is there a reason you're choosing to go that route over, um, just like putting the content on IGTV or YouTube 
Mm-hmm. It, like, is there any specific reason you have, like, for, I guess, like, making your own, like, hosting platform, if you will? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would say because I think for me personally, like, we just have to, I think us as creators, especially with how business oriented it's getting now, we have to be very intentional about what our objectives are, right? Like, social media is a really great tool. It's a really great tool to get your brand out there. But I don't necessarily say like people are so tired of getting sold to on social media, right? Like last thing they need is like a clickbaity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, th- the last thing they need is like someone to drop knowledge on social media only to have them link to some kind of product, right? But the reality is like, that's yeah. just the name of the game. As much as we want to dodge it, this is, it's just how it is. If you have an audience, you're going to be able to monetize it. And so for me, like, I want to be very clear with like social media is for brand awareness, brand building, value, free value that just like funnels there. And then if you really want to take it seriously and I want to help you, then we can get your like commitment on this side of things. So I'm trying to like kind of separate the two. Because there are a lot of people that probably follow me on social media. Like, they're not going to dish out that money for a course. And so, like, they're just going to want to be there for the BTS, for, like, the free value, for the captions, whatever. And that's cool. But there's going to be people who are like, well, I want more. I want that, like, deep dive. And so I'm going to create that course for them. It's not necessarily to merge the two worlds together. Because I know what you're saying. Like, I could just kind of offer the value on the on the front of... Um, like social media, but that kind of leads to the question too, like just monetarily, you know, my first year freelancing, uh, year and a half. I mean, I've been running this business for a couple of years, but I guess like full time after I quit my last job, but just from like, just full transparency, like from a, from a, like income front, right? Like making a course for me, uh, or some kind of coaching or mentoring just makes so much more sense because for me, my most valuable thing that I'm trying to work towards is my time. Like, I, I could work on all the dopest clients in the world, work with Nike, work with Adidas, work with all these crazy people. But if I'm just like working my ass off and not having any time, then what's the point? So my, my goal is like, how do I get the cash where I can have more time so that I can work on more like personal projects? So, I mean, for me, I feel like it comes back for full circle. It's going to help my audience because if I have more time, then I can create more content for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. so that's kind of I think I think the biggest factor with that is is like you mentioned like just the full transparency on everything. Um so I think that's a lot of thing uh, that's like one of the biggest things I think a lot of these like courses or like people that try to build out courses fail at is they try and they try too hard to kind of pull the fake it till you make it thing and act like they've already been in the industry and like done all this stuff for 15 years rather than just like sharing their honest journey. And I think um, we all like humans are just very good at like detecting that stuff, like when someone is being fake or like, as you mentioned, like holding things back. And so I think that's just like the biggest factor is like a lot of these people or the ones that aren't succeeding in regards to these like courses and such, I think is like people that aren't fully transparent um, or again, are like, um, fluffing their story if you will you know adding years to it adding in so-called experience etc um i think something you do extremely well um is providing free value um that's one of the big things like i really love about your instagram is that i i I don't know how you do it i swear every post i see of yours it's like got eight paragraphs and like (laughs) a full story and message, but also like a couple just like key takeaways you can grab from that as well. 
And it's just like, dude, I'm telling you, it gets it gets me pumped slash like makes me anxious every time as I every time I see it because I'm just like, dang, like I need to <laughs> I need to I need to develop something like really good copy. Yeah. And that's been a big thing I've really focused on a ton um, this year. And it's made like a drastic difference um, in the level of engagement I had um, when you I, at least for me, I've really realized, you know, like before I got into the habit of. Um, I don't know if you listen to like Gary V, but he talks about how people like they get in in the loophole of like what works. And I caught myself doing that with Instagram. You know, I just like I'd use like a cliche, like catchy quote and then like post my best like travel pics or like my favorite music video um, that I recently shot. And like none of that compares to if I'm showing one, the process. So like showing content that's like revealing behind the scenes and then two, like actually thinking through my copy and not just like typing something just to type it, but like actually again, like it goes back to like your intent and intention. So like meaning something and putting out like, again, you know, meaningful value and like a message that I truly, uh, you know, stand by or, or want to, uh, I guess expound. Can you talk a little about how, you know, going through that process, um, you know, providing these long form copy um, really, at least this is from my perspective, I feel like you must really sit through and think out some of these posts. How much has that impacted um, growing your audience, growing your following, but also lead gen? It's a really good question. Uh, I feel I mean, there's probably a few questions in that question, but. Uh, for starters, I would say my process for building captions, it's funny because people have asked me this. I literally don't have a process, bro. Like I literally just, I, <laughs> like when I want to post a photo, I mean, I have a schedule, not not a schedule, but I try to post 10 a.m. Uh, usually Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Mondays are like my podcast posting day. But I mean, that schedule is just, that's a toss up. Like if I don't have content to post, then I just won't post. But as far as the captions yeah. go, Literally, like, I don't have a process. It's just, like, what I'm feeling. Like, depending on that day, I, I try to, like, all my captions, they seem very well thought out. It's so funny. This is, like, this is the part I'm being fully transparent. Is like, all my captions, they are kind of, in a sense, like, something that I was insecure about that I overcame. So, it's, like, even in that given week, if I'm talking about business or, like, let's say we're talking about how to land clients, the reason why that's probably in my caption is because I probably had something terrible happen the week prior with clients that I learned from. So, like, my captions, they seem very, like, these strong-rooted values that I have as a business person, but in reality, it's just, like, a... I'm just sharing my journey as a creative. Like these are things that I struggle with like hard. So I'm just trying to put it into a caption now. And then some people say like, they're like, hey, do you have like these written out like somewhere and you just copy paste them? I'm like, nah, dude, I literally just take 10 minutes out of my day and I'll just, whatever I feel like in my heart or in my gut, I'm just like, I'm just gonna write. And then from there, I just think it just keeps it authentic. You know, like I feel like a lot of people though, there's a lot of platforms out sure. there that have like the scheduled postings and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is like, I don't know. I, I'm big on like energy, right? Like if your audience, if your audience is following 100%. It, yeah, like if your audience is following you and they like your stuff, it's because you give off this energy or this vibe. And if your captions like feel authentic and feel genuine, they're going to connect with it more. Like they're like, cause they'll see a story that you posted two days ago and you're like, Whoa, that's so cool. Like I, I knew when Ed was working on that BTS. So it's cool that he's like talking about it in his caption now versus if I just had like 20 captions backlog that was all paragraph written 
people will read it and be like, oh, okay, he totally just like took that from something and just slapped it on there and posted a photo, like a travel photo, like you said, like yeah. a cool little travel photo. I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with posting a cool, like a banger photo, but for me, it's like, <laughs> I, I'm all about the bangers, man. If you can get that fire photo <laughs> on set or when you're traveling, dude, by all means post it. But at the same time, it's like, if you like on YouTube, for example, right, this is just like a big thing when I tell people like if on YouTube, you're offering value, you're offering value, value, value. Why wouldn't it be the same way on Instagram just in a caption format, right? Like, why does it have to be different because it's on Instagram versus YouTube? But your audience is the same, right? Like a lot of your Instagram followers are probably your YouTube subscribers. So I feel like it just overall builds that like brand together right so you're offering value on youtube and you're offering value on instagram because instagram is not what it used to be you know 10 years ago instagram is it used to be like an actual photo sharing platform now instagram is just like yep it's like this facebook slash blog where people are posting pretty much blog articles in their captions and people like they have the ability to post carousels so it's like a gallery but it's also like it, it yeah. instagram is a mess right now to be honest yeah <laughs> but i feel like that's that's why you should figure out like what does your audience want right don't don't think about like what the algorithms want like that's one big thing for me is like when i was you know talking about the lead gen and how you know how i kind of grow my audience and stuff i just basically forgot about it like a lot of times before when i was first starting out this is like mainly before i hit thank yeah, you before i hit 10k <laughs> before i hit 10k on instagram Dude, I I can't tell you how many times I like would check my numbers religiously. I'm like, bro, okay, this photo is doing the best or this photo is not doing the best. And like, I, I'm guilty of it. Like I'll post a photo. I honestly still do it now, but I'll check, I'll post a photo. I, I like not even joking. I'll check my phone like every minute. Like I'll just check it every minute for like the first 30 minutes after I post a photo, then I'll like put it away. But after the, like the first 30 minutes, I'm like, I'll know, okay, this photo is doing well or it's not doing well. But then I'm just like, I catch myself. I was like, why? Like, what's what's even the point? Like, and the fact that people are gauging themselves off the analytics, it's important, but it's, it should never take away from the creative process, right? I think in 20, going to 2020, I feel like a big portion of content creators have forgotten why they are content creators. A lot of people, so true, a lot man. of people are doing it for the wrong reasons, like the clout, the money, um, everyone's trying to become the next YouTuber, the next filmmaker, the next Peter McKinnon. Everyone's trying to be someone they're not. You know what I mean? And content creators need to go back to like why they host the whole reason why they started. So for me, I'm not necessarily trying to monetize my audience. It's more so like I'm just trying to offer value. I'm really big on that. Like, you know it too. Like I seen your YouTube videos. I seen the stuff you post. Like you just offer that free value. And it's not necessarily because we're trying to like our ultimate goal is to monetize all these people. I think it just comes from a deeper sense where like when we first were struggling, it was hard learning those things. And we feel like we can represent it in a piece of content that's easier to consume than rather when we were out there. And so we're just kind of offering that and that will build like that organic following. You know, too many people I feel like on Instagram, they're like following these certain people. And then I, I don't know, I feel like because I'm so not in tune with that side of the world now, like when I was first starting Instagram, I started out as a Pacific Northwest type photographer. Like, so my, my, yeah. my business name before Edward Lee Films was Adventures, E-D, like Adventures. Um, Ooh, <laughs> catchy. But then like, you know, I can't be like, I can't be, I sounded like a freaking excursion uh, business, like you offer in Zipline or something, but regardless. Hey, I, I was the same way, man. Like 
all my stuff was like just all travel stuff and then you know kind of built into my niche and what i do now exactly and like but continue yeah it's, it's just like when i first started out as a pacific northwest photographer i would just go out to these beautiful locations get these awesome photos post it with some with some drake line caption you know like on instagram that's like one that's like <laughs> one word that's like kind of funny might get a couple chuckles here and there but it was a, such a bad representation of who I was like on the inside. Because when you meet me in person, I'm just like, we're talking about all this creative stuff about business, about about all these things. But then like, I got this like one sentence caption, which is like a ter- terrible representation of myself to my audience who who have never met me, you know? And so that's kind of where it birthed, like the whole like long caption and stuff. Because I see my friends like that I've met in person, super talented people they have so much knowledge up in the in in like their mind but then they post some epic photo and it's like it's some like basic starbucks white girl like caption and i'm like why like why would you do that you know but teach to you i think it's like you know what do you what do you think it what do you think it is man like personally i think it comes like it comes down to like insecurity like i think that's what it was for me is like in part was like trying to put on a front in like the early stages, you know, like I, like, um, it was like insecurity and like pride. I feel like, you know, it was like, I didn't want, I didn't want to come off as like a guy who needed help. Like I wanted to like have this image that like I can do it all and like attain it all myself. And then it was the insecurity of like, Oh, like, you know, like putting on that Instagram, like everyone posts the good things in life. None of the bad shit on Instagram, you know, it was like, I guess in part that. And like now as I've like, grown into uh i guess like myself and being fully comfortable and confident it's like now i just post kind of as you mentioned you know whatever i want to and like what i'm passionate about and i kind of just let the cards fall but obviously like the cards are falling in the right direction but i think that's you know i think that's just a result of like being honest authentic and personable at the end of the day like how is someone ever gonna you know relate to you or your story if you never put that out there if you as you mentioned you know just post like a cool travel pick and a Drake lyric, like no one's ever going to really connect with that or, or relate to you. And therefore they're not going to want to follow your journey. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think both of us, I mean, I think we're both at a po- position now where I think we've struggled enough to the point where we have reaped some benefits from our struggles, right? Like we're getting gigs, we're getting some projects, we have a, a different creative mindset. And so we feel like we have some value that we can offer. Um, and I think whoever's listening, they should also keep in mind, like a lot of what I've been seeing lately too, is like people who are just starting out, like they're first starting out and they're trying to like offer value. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's really tough that way because to a certain degree, you do need to have something to show for it. Not that it's about, you can't share your journey. That's what I'm saying. Like there's a difference between sharing your struggle and trying to offer value. Like there's a difference, right? You could probably do both together, but if you're first starting out, you should probably just share your struggle because that's authentic, that's genuine, that's real. But then no one wants to see, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but no one wants to see someone who has like a hundred Instagram followers, no portfolio work, no website being like, yo, this is how you land clients. No one's going to listen to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just not how it works. But, but then because we have YouTube and like this whole community and like people are like, oh, Peter McKinnon, he grew up, he like blew up because he offered value. So I'm going to do the same thing. It's like, Yes, but at the same time, you you need to kind of work on your craft. You need to work on your business, build yourself as a person, and 100%. and then kind of move into the value, like adding. Like 
that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people, cause they're, they're like, oh, my audience isn't growing and I'm offering all this value. I get it all the time. They're like, cause I always say like offer free value. It's a good way to get an audience. And people always say like, I'm doing it, but it's not working. Now I, I look at their Instagram, Instagram account for like two seconds. Instagram is like speed resume. You could literally look at that and know about <laughs> someone. Like you could know about someone and what they're up to and what their aesthetic is in literally 15 seconds, which is why it boggles my mind why brands still work with some people where you can clearly tell they have fake engagement. I mean, that's another topic though. But basically what I'm trying to say is a lot of these friends, I'm like, uh, or people that I met on social media, I'm like, dude, it's because... You have to build credibility, right? Like Gary V, you know, you're talking about Gary V, like Gary V. Yeah. Like he talks like he got his, he got a big head and he's like telling people to like do this and do that. But it's because he's worked for it though. He has VaynerMedia. He put in the work for the wine, wine business he had. Like imagine if Gary V was still a cashier at the wine place being like, yo, this is how you build a multi-million dollar business. And he hasn't even, he still drives like a, (laughs) he still drives like a Corolla, you know, like, and he was talking the way he did. People be like, dude. this guy's a chump you know so i think yes you don't have to like be you everyone is insecure right that's like something that's never gonna go away but to a certain degree like once you've acquired some you know some business and you're doing well for yourself i feel like then that's when you're like all right i'm gonna start being genuine and offering value into the world which is kind of like what i see you doing right like i think you're doing a really good job and it's super organic like the stuff that you're doing, I, I seen your YouTube videos and you're offering really concise and you have the energy, you have the presence and that's kind of where it births. But like, imagine if you didn't know anything about filmmaking and you're like so caught up in trying to offer value when you still are working on your craft. So it's like, you're trying to do too much. I always tell people less is more. So if you don't know it yet, then just I think- go, don't go into the value part yet. Yeah, man. I I think again, it kind of goes back to like intention too, like uh, just being like fully transparent. Like if you hop to my YouTube and like look at like my very um, early videos, uh, you know, I tried to do kind of like you mentioned, like I tried to add value and and I was trying to provide value. Like I remember I was specifically doing like more towards um, like how to grow a presence on social media um, and kind of more. I guess like more specific like business tactics, but I was like never really passionate about it. You know, like it was just like, okay, it's another week. I need to put out a YouTube video. I need to provide something of value. Like that's going to help grow my audience. Like my intention was like totally fucking wrong. Like it was all just about me. It wasn't actually about giving back to the audience. And it's like now, you know, as you kind of mentioned, like that I've had years of kind of experience now and really finding like what my style and niche is and what I'm passionate about. Now I can like really speak on it and provide, you know, real value, real um, practical uses, real world examples, but like also not just sharing value, but, you know, sharing my story. As you mentioned, like there's a big difference and like there's two ways you can go about it, sharing specific value techniques and tactics you can use or just sharing your journey along the road, you know, the struggles you're facing, the successes you have, et cetera. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just think like intention is really like the big thing behind it. How much do you think, or how much do you see in, intent, you know, playing a role in these successes or failures for like yourself as well as, um, I guess maybe, uh, you know, other influencers or like content creators that, that, you know, or closely follow. Yeah. I mean, I think intention is huge. Um, I think I had a similar struggle as you, like, 
if you look back on my YouTube channel, like I, there was a certain phase where I was like kind of taking it more seriously. Like I was posting like two times a month or whatever, but I've been like ghost off at YouTube for like a while now. And I think it's because I hit the same roadblock as you where I was like, oh, I'm not really having fun with this. Like it almost became a chore. Like every week that came out, I was like, oh, I got to put out a YouTube video. And then it doesn't really help when you're subscribed to all these people on YouTube and you see them posting like all the freaking time. And you're, you feel like, yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're getting left behind because you're like obligated. Yeah. You feel obligated because you be people are like posting all the time. You see their content doing super well in the algorithms and things like that. And you're like, wow, I feel like I'm getting left behind. But something we have to realize is like those people is maybe they, they like, that's, that's, what drives them you know that's what they want to do and maybe not like there's a lot of youtubes out there i'm sure that honestly still don't like making youtube videos they probably do it because they're so deep in the hole now if they just ghost for like five months they're gonna be like lose all their audience exactly so that's why like early on i feel like it's more important to be really intentional about what you want because sometimes you might be in a position where if all your audience is on youtube and all of them are there for these quick hack tutorials and then one day you're like, I want to be a narrative documentary filmmaker. They're going to be like, nah, you already established yourself as this like <laughs> quick, quick travel filmmaker. Where's the tutorials? Exactly. <laughs> so it, intention's huge. Like, you have to understand like what you want to do like early, early on. You know, obviously no one's going to know exactly what you want to do. But at the same time, like do what you're passionate about and do what drives you as a creative. Like for me, I would say like YouTube is something that I still want to do. But I've been trying, actually talking about intention, I've been trying to be really intentional about how I spend my time, like what I want to do. I've been trying to say no to a lot more things than I say yes to now. Like I'm, everything that I get now is like a no, usually. <laughs> let's, let's dive, let's kind of uh, scatter, let's veer a little bit and, and go into that because that's something I would love to pick your brain on, mm -hmm. see your thoughts on, as well as just like get more advice. Something I'm terrible at in a good way um so obviously like i've found something i'm extremely passionate about um filmmaking but like also just more specifically like my business is like my baby you know like i love like nurturing it and watching it grow and such and so i spend way too much i'm way 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 too much time um focus on my business sometimes and a lot of it is uh, i'll easily admit you know is busy work. Like I'll just continue doing busy work when I don't need to, you know, I'll check email and do emails like seven times a day. You know, I don't know if you've read the, uh, the whatever five hour, four hour work week with Timothy Ferris, but like he mentions techniques, like only checking email once or twice a day. That's something I'm terrible at. What are some tactics or, um, methodology? Like how do you do, how do you have a work like work? white? I can't talk today. How do you have a work-life balance? Um, how do you make more time, you know, for just being, you know, being sociable, going out, having fun with friends, um, balancing that with obviously um, living a healthy lifestyle. So eating nutritiously, getting time for like the gym or working out, but still, you know, gearing uh, plenty of time towards your business and, you know, growing and scaling that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the gym, I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm still trying to get in there as much as I can. <laughs> that's been a major struggle. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that everyone still struggles with. You know, I'm not going to say act like I have it all figured out. I still struggle with work-life balance all the time. Like, just like you, my business is my baby. And so when I'm not 
on a shoot or when I'm not editing, I'm like, okay, what can I optimize on my website? What can I optimize on Instagram? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll spend like three <laughs> hours making some like highlight cover or some crap like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I feel, per- <laughs> I feel productive because I was working on my business. But, uh, for me, well, I recently got engaged. So I feel like that kind of has been like a more of like, a, yes, congrats <laughs> thanks, about dude. that as well, man. So that have obviously, that has obviously like changed my perspective a little bit on life because I'm trying to like mentally prepare for when we're like you know fully like married and stuff i don't want to be like working 24 7 um but for me lately this thing that i've been trying for the past few months has worked pretty well like i always try to imagine my dream life or like what i'm working towards right and in the sense where usually it ties with materialism like that those kind of things like i imagine myself working my ass off right so usually people work really hard for what to get paid more money right and it really like the the work life balance, in my opinion, has a lot to do with like your inner self and also like what kind of life you actually want. Like really think about it, because for me, I had this conversation with my friend the other day, like let's just say like we weren't in this office and we were in this two million dollar mansion. I had like a Porsche 911 GT3 sitting in the garage and I was had all the camera gear that I wanted. Would we like still be having this conversation? Would I still be who I am? If the answer is yes, then what's the point? Like all that stuff is just, it's just stuff. You know what I mean? So then that leads to the question, yeah, why are you exactly. working so hard? Like you're working for all those things where at the core, that's not even what's going to be making you happy. Like I guarantee you, even if I still had a Porsche out there right now, or if I lived in this big ass house, I would still have the same internal struggles I have now, which is why like f- from that angle, I'm just like, okay, it's okay to not hit this edit right now. It's okay to not work on my business right now. Like it's, what's the point? All, all the business is, is it equals money, right? Business is just a simple idea of you do what you love. We just so happen to be in an industry where we can do what we're passionate about and make a paycheck from it, which is I'm super grateful for. Like not everyone is in that position, right? Like a lot of people work a job the hate to get a paycheck and that's just terrible, you know? But for us, we're in a position where we're grateful enough to be doing what we love and also making money from it. So what, like for me, I try to make sure that that stays very, very authentic. And I ask that question to myself all the time. Like the other day, like I just got a gig and they emailed me. They're like, Hey, we want to work on this promo video. It's not really up my alley in like what I want to do ultimately, but then, but there's money, Yeah, but they were, (laughs) but they were paying coin though. I was just like, yo, that's, that's a lot of money. But then I really thought about it. I was like, okay, what would I do with that money? I'm like, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to spend it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go buy that lens or I'm going to go buy that gear, right? When in reality, like right now, like I'm already chilling. Like, why do I even need that lens? Why do I even need that camera? So I just turned the gig down because I was like, that's what I'm going to probably take 15 hours of my time that I could probably spend working out or hanging out with my family or doing those things. So I feel like a lot of the work-life balance... Yeah. I love how you mentioned it's not up your alley. Um, yeah. That's so, so good to hear. I think that's something, again, I think when you're first starting out, it's a different story. I'm, I'm a total, uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word. I buy into the fact that, you know, when you're first starting out, you 100% should like do any and all free work. Like you should just be like, sh- I mean, specifically towards filmmaking, like, shooting anything and everything one to like obviously just grow your skill set um refine your craft but like 
that's like trying is anything and everything. That's how you're going to really find like your niche and your style. But I think, you know, once you find it, it's really important to, you know, if not sticking to that, you know, make sure you're not going too far outside of it. I know I kind of got to a point, um, I'd say maybe two years into doing this full time, um, working for myself, I I was starting, I was continuing to kind of take gigs that I was not passionate about at all, but I took it because it was good money and it ended up biting me in the ass every single time. The client would be super picky. I didn't want to invest more time in the shoots or the edits because I didn't care for the product. I didn't believe in the product or the company. Um, I did, I just wasn't passionate about the, the video concept they had, et cetera, you know? And so the whole thing was just, uh, it, it aged me major, you know, I've got wrinkles, <laughs> I've got wrinkles and gray hairs from it, you know, how, oh, man. how, when, when did you kind of, when did that flip, uh, that switch flip for you? Or has that kind of been a mindset you've always had? And I guess, could you provide some insight to our audience? Like when for you is the right time to say yes or no to a gig? Or is it is it more gray than that? It can it be black and white in that sense? No, not really. I don't think it's really gray at all. Actually, I think like you said, like you just know at a certain point when you should stop taking on gigs that you don't really feel that passionate about. And I feel like a lot of people in this space that you and I are in, or maybe people people who are listening, is like it's easy to hear from a content creator be like, "Yo, uh, chase your dreams, go do what you love." Say like, screw <laughs> off all the clients that don't pay you what you're worth, right? It's all sounds all nice, you know, it sounds all pretty, but in reality, bro, like it's easy to tell someone who doesn't make money that it's okay to not make money. It that's like easy, right? Like it's kind of it's like selling it's like telling if you're rich, it's like telling a poor person, "Hey, don't worry about money." They're poor. Like right now, money is everything to them. Whereas you're rich, like it's not that important. So for us, we have that creative luxury to be like, oh, just chase your passion. But I think when you're first starting out, you just have to understand that like there are some some grind years you got to put in. Like you got to do the work that you don't want to do. You have to do that wedding. You got to do that real estate gig. You got to build that cash flow. And once you feel like you're at a point where you got money in the bank, and you got a client coming in like, hey, I want to pay you $2,000, but you already have this money in the bank. You're like, I don't really need that 2000 but that would be nice. I would say like if you're at that point, then you should start being more selective about what clients you're taking on. But I would say if you see that 2000 coming in, you're like, wow, that could pay rent. That could pay my car payment. That could pay all these things and set me up for yeah. a better month. Then, dude, take it by all means and take the bullet, bite the bullet or whatever, whatever it is and do that gig and get that get that money. But if if like you already got your all your basic necessities paid for, you have all the gear that you want. I feel like at that point you should be like, OK, well, I need to start honing in on my craft and like what my style is. And that's not really like where I want to allocate my time. So I think, I don't really think there's a gray area. I think it's actually really clear when you should start pivoting into what you love doing and start phasing out of the stuff you don't like doing. Definitely, man. Um, this is slightly different topic, but I, I I saw recently that you'd posted, uh, about just seeing like an overwhelming amount of sponsored ads in your Instagram. So bad, dude. I hate it. (laughs) Let's, let's talk about that. Like, um, what do you think? Cause honestly, like I just don't stay on top of like the latest, like updates or like releases with what's going on with like Instagram and stuff. What what do you think they're really trying 
to do with that because obviously like that can't be like really helping the audience there like people have to be getting annoyed with that do you think that's like an experience everyone is having like what do you think that means for the future of instagram yeah etc um i think instagram is like a necessary evil i think it's in our society and it kind of runs this creative industry unfortunately it is that way now i'm not gonna go as far as to say like oh like i'm not gonna use instagram because i'm just not a supporter of it like it's part of my business so that's just i just got to use it that's just the reality of of the of the matter but i would say for me it's just kind of sad because instagram when i first started it it was really like it was it was a community at first right like you'd post on it only your friends can see it like there wasn't this whole like influencer thing like you just got your homies who would see your freaking mexican food down the street that you posted on the gram you know what i mean like that's what it was before yeah <laughs> you slap a filter on there or whatever and it was in chronological order so like when you see it it's like okay this is what bob was up to an hour ago this is what bob was up to to a day ago you know but now it's like this curated just like mesh of celebrities plus businesses and you like all your friend stuff usually gets lost like the community aspect is gone and it's kind of like instagram i i get it though they get bought they got bought out by facebook and if you look at if you actually look at it at its core instagram is literally facebook like instagram and facebook is oh, exactly sure. the same people just go towards instagram more because of the ui like the way it's designed the way you post photos the way it's it kind of catered towards the creators that's why instagram is so big but at its core it's literally the exact same the exact same um platform and the reason why facebook isn't like what it used to be is because before facebook was designed to connect people to connect family which it still does but when was the last time you like actually went through your news feed on your facebook it's like never you you like you don't really scroll through yeah. there you like you like <laughs> usually use it to either message a friend that you haven't seen or you'll you'll see some article that your friend posted but for the most part you're not scrolling and i think for i think instagram in the future that's that's where they're headed right now like i think nobody's really gonna be i mean it's already happening i don't think people are gonna be scrolling their feeds as much they're just gonna go onto the stories and see what people are up to or if they're like oh i haven't seen i haven't seen bob in a while i'm gonna go to his profile in the search bar and see what he's been up to i think people are gonna start tuning out of the whole like news feed because it's just gonna be saturated with like this curated content and all these brand sponsored ads bro it's already happening yeah literally it's already happening That's, like you you just you just you just described my total experience with instagram for like the past two to three months probably i literally i go on there i'll check stories a little bit if i have free time at night i might hop into some explore pages just to like try and build network a bit um find some other creators out there but aside from that man i literally just like post my content i don't even scroll through my news feed anymore because like as you mentioned like it's just a jumbled mess yeah it is a lot of times i'll if i because like for me i like i kind of just use it as like a small little break so like i'll hop on instagram maybe like eight or nine times throughout the day for like just three to five minutes and so i ended up seeing like the same photos or as you mentioned like just a ton of sponsored content yeah. so like it's just yeah my whole experience with instagram Dude, has just been terrible lately and and facebook I don't even use Facebook at I literally just get on Facebook for placing for doing ads and then just for like general organic growth with just some general like posting. Yeah, yeah. But I think like, everyone's I like don't that. even use it. <laughs> dude, it's so funny because Instagram, it's like, dude, sometimes you know how like when you won't when like you won't like someone's photo, 
Um, and then like, it'll come up in the feed later because they thought you didn't, you didn't see it. Right. And I'm like, yeah, dude, the audacity on Instagram's part. It's like, I already didn't <laughs> like it the first time. Like, why are you trying to show it to me again? You know, like, it's like, if, if you didn't like it, then they're like, well, here's it here. It, it, here it is again, because we might've thought you, we think you might've missed it. And it's like, no, nah, dude, that photo just sucks. I don't want to like it. You know, like <laughs> it's so funny. And the, they post that. I'm like, the, so the algorithm is just like all messed up. It's like, I see people's posts from like five days ago because I didn't like it and it kind of did well with their other audience. I'm like, why, why are you showing me this? Like it's five days old. I don't, and I, I, I probably, Instagram probably does that for my photos to some other people too. And like, I feel like that's super, sure. it's yeah. like, they're hurting my brand as a creator to those people that are already like, weren't really messing with that photo already. It's like, Hey, if you don't like my photo, pass it. And I don't hope you don't see it ever again. You know, and like, I don't want to force you to like my photo. But Instagram is just like, it, it just does this weird thing with the algorithm and it's kind of bad. Like, so I had a recent post on Instagram that did pretty well. It was like a video BTS thing. And like 80, uh, like 80% of the people like didn't come from my following. But I'm like, this is so, it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool that it blew up or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, why, why does this not happen to all my other posts then? Like, why does Instagram get to choose like okay this one because it's doing well i'm gonna we're gonna blow it up it's like dude i've had other yeah. content that i'm way more proud of that never even saw the day of light on the explore page so that part just like irks me as a creator i'm like that like why does why does it have to be at the mercy of instagram so i'm hoping just like how um and i i think like on a more grand grand scale of things right if you take a step back like our economy is going more towards peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces right so um i don't know if people if, i don't know if you know this but like i come from a digital marketing background so i i'm very like in tune with just like what the economy is doing and how social media runs as a business and all that stuff it's really fascinating to me personally but i feel like uber right like uber they cut out you know taxis so did lyft you know like uber eats they're cutting out delivery people in the middle you know they're basically doing all these things peer space you probably use peer space before yeah. all these things right and so i yep. think instagram well, re retail stores man retail exactly. stores are gonna be gone in 20 years like everyone before being the middleman for businesses like i feel like that's gonna be the the um the future so instagram too like who knows there might be a platform in the future that's created by the creators for the creators right like a platform where someone started it out of good faith and it doesn't get monetized and all those things but i think it's gonna be a long time before that that comes again people have tried but it's just not gonna stick we'll see man we'll see yeah. all right we're gonna go a little speed round here uh i'm gonna ask you just a couple questions um just want to provide like some more micro and pinpointed um uh points of value here so First and foremost, uh, every day is kind of different, but can you go ahead and break down, you know, what a day in the life is like for Edward Lee? What are you doing um, to make sure, again, that you're finding this balance of happiness, of not being overwhelmed or overstressed, um, but being productive for your business? Like, what what is a typical day in the life like? look like for you uh i wake up at 12 work for an hour take a nap and then i go eat dinner <laughs> just like <laughs> <laughs> i was about to smack you through this phone <laughs> no nah, dude um pretty much a day in the life of me it really 
I guess if you're asking like an ideal day for me, I would just be like waking up probably around like seven, seven, and then I usually work from like seven to nine, uh, and then I'll have breakfast or hit the gym, come back, and like usually by like two p.m. or three p.m., my brain's pretty fried, and so from like four to eight, I'll just like hang out with family or friends or do things that make me happy. Uh, usually, it's like hanging out with people, and then after that, like I have this weird night productivity mode so like i i from like 9 to 12 a.m like 9 to 12 a.m i won't necessarily be editing but i i have before i just get really in this i just get in the zone when i'm like in a dark it's like dark outside and there's no sunlight and i'm just in my room with my computer i work late at night which is a bad habit i'm trying to get out of but that's kind of so opposite yeah, that's, that's kind of how my <laughs> days go <laughs> I grind early morning, afternoon, and then uh, usually around like 7 p.m., 8 p.m., I'm like just done. Brain is fried, and I literally, I just melt on the couch. I don't do anything. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I kind of, For I'm sure. melting in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of taking it back a little bit to what we talked about with like Instagram, and I think there is somewhat of a threat of it disappearing with other elements kind of rising like TikTok. Um, how do you uh, how do you work to, I guess, not be at the mercy of, of Instagram and YouTube and and all these platforms? You know, how do you work to build your brand? What are steps you take um, to build your personal brand in a way um, that kind of always has, you know, that, that you're not going to ever lose this audience again, that you're never at the mercy of Instagram? Um, yeah. You know, I know for like, for instance, one thing I, I focus on a lot. Um, with my website is whenever visitors come around, um, I do a lot of, uh, it's not really like funneling, but, uh, I have a lot of systems in place on my website that give me an email. So essentially I have a giant mailing list, um, that I have, you know, so I'm always having, essentially I always have contacts. I, I have like, uh, a list of, um, clientele and a list of just people that personally follow, my brand for just value and advice. Um, what are you what steps do you take to kind of further your brand? And so that it's not at the mercy of these social platforms. Um, well, actually I don't really have a, a system in place for like, I guess lead generation what we talked about before right now. Um, it's pretty just like all over the place, which is kind of why I'm starting this course to kind of start funneling people into something, not necessarily to be sold, but just to have, uh, cause I'm not sure when all these platforms will disappear. But for me, I'm not really at the mercy of Instagram or YouTube or TikTok or whatever these platforms may be, because I don't really think they're necessary. I think it's nice having, I think if your goal is to be an influencer or whatever you want, you want clout, you want to be like a somebody, then honestly, the name of the game is you'll always be at the mercy of these platforms. That's just how it's going to be. Like if you want that, that's your goal. You want to be famous or you want to be a someone in the like social media world, then I'm sorry. That's just, that's just the name of the game. But for creators, if you're listening to this and you're a creator, bro, you don't need any of that stuff. Like for me, I, I'm big on believing that you could just build it in your own community. Like if money is what you want and you want to become a successful creator and do what you love doing, bro, you don't need social media. I know people who are DPs and, you know, filmmakers and stuff, and they have like five retainer clients in Seattle and they're making like 200 grand a year. It's like, so if, if money is what you want yeah. and they have like a hundred followers on Instagram, 
So if money is what you want, you don't need all that. So that's kind of how I position myself. So I'm not really at the mercy of these people, of these platforms, because for me, I just want a happy life. I want to do what I love doing. I want to be surrounded by people I love. I don't need all that clout. I mean, if I do happen to blow up and have a million followers on YouTube or whatever, like that sound that sounds cool but to be honest i know myself too it's gonna come with so much pressure like it's gonna come with so much pressure where like i'm gonna feel like i have to deliver if i like slip up and don't post a youtube video for a month i'm gonna feel like crap that i didn't post for a month so for me like i i know that subconsciously like our imperfect nature is gonna want that because who doesn't like you know uh being being well known but for me like i just want to be around my family I want to do what I love doing and I want to be spend, I don't want to worry about money. And I feel like all of those things can be accomplished without any of these platforms. So I guess to answer your question, I just understand that what we're doing has nothing to do with these platforms, which then leads me to not being at the mercy of them. So I feel like you kind of just answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How do you personally define success? Yeah, I guess I did kind of answer in that question. But for me, success is just, um, it's subject, it's relative. You know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody has their own definition of success. Like honestly, some people's definition of success um, is super materialistic. You know, some people, they want that Ferrari. They want that million dollar house. They want, you know, all the camera gear in the world. But if that's your definition of success, then to be honest, I feel like you need to tap in some deeper parts of your inner self because that's not like people Facts, people 100%. people have already done scientific studies that things don't bring you happiness like those things are temporary happiness like even if i rolled up in a ferrari like yeah it might make me feel good in that split second when people are watching me get out of the car but then if i walk into my office the endorphins release yeah, real quick exactly but if i walk into my house and it's all me by myself and no one else is watching like that literally just that was like the quickest quickest um satisfaction ever like it just it just fades away so um my definition of success success is just doing what i love doing and being surrounded by people that i love and that could be in a you know it could be an apartment it could be me driving a corolla like i don't know it's it's really relative like i don't want to be driving those things like obviously but if i can have the other stuff when those are already taken care of that's that's success for me like if I can have my family, I can have like a happy wife, happy life, all those kind of things. And I do what I love doing, which is creating content. And then the cherry on top is like, dude, if I could whip a Ferrari, dope. I'm not going to say I'm not going to drive a Ferrari, but that's not really my goal. So success for me comes from like inside out. And then the out stuff is like the more stuff that you own. True, true. Um, so with that, um, kind of looking at the opposite, what has been one of your biggest failures either professionally or personally um that you'd like to share that's you know had a, a lasting impact on you and in, in your career hmm. biggest failures i don't know it's kind of hard to say i feel like i'm so early on in my career i, I don't think i've any i don't think i've faced any like like life crippling or career crippling failures um for me a lot of my failures just happen in my day-to-day activity. So um, it's just things that I battle with. So like, I guess, uh, uh, let me like reframe it. Um, for anyone, let's let's put it this way. Anyone who's looking to drop everything, they want to start content creation today or they want to be a filmmaker, um, 
they don't have uh or they just started you know they just got all their their social media platforms they just launched their website where do they go from there like what is what is your advice for anyone starting out how do you like really get the ball rolling get momentum and build this into a career from working a nine to five or living with your parents at home and being mm-hmm. $20,000 in debt with student loans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what, what advice would you give them? Uh, I guess what I would say is like all of it's in the mindset, you know, like it's really all in the mindset. And I guess going back to your, the first part of that question is like my failure has always started with my mindset. So always not believing in myself or thinking that like a nine to five is where I needed to be or trying to get anywhere too quickly in life, you know, like trying to quit my job and go full send, maybe when I wasn't ready for it, like all of it stems from your mind. So my advice would be whatever situation you're in right now, whether that's working a nine to five and only making 30 grand a year, if you're struggling with that, you need to toughen up your mind first. Like make sure that like, that's not what you're worth. You want to be making a hundred K you want to be working the job you want to be doing. Cause if you don't, I'm big on this, but like, if you don't make it a reality in your mind first, it's never going to come to life because if it's a dream, it'll stay that way. I promise you that. Like, if you don't make it real in your life, like if you can't envision yourself like filming on a big set or filming with the clients that you want, if you can't like literally picture that in your mind, it's never going to happen. You know, it's literally never going to happen. So when you wake up in the morning, just be like, yo, I'm going to make today my B and I'm just going to like run the day, you know, and just work towards like, you want to work with Nike, right? Let's just say if you're working, if you're listening to this, you're first starting on your creator. You're like, one of my goals is to work with Nike. Don't come out the gate being like, okay, Nike, I'm going to hit them up. I'm going to email them. They don't get back to you. And you're like, wow, I suck. <laughs> I suck. I'm just not going to become a creator. This is not working out for me. Like be more realistic with yourself. So like when you want to work with Nike, Go get your buddy that's a football player or a soccer player. Make a dope spec ad. Put your like pour your heart into it. Reach out to maybe a brand that's like Nike, and then start working your Real way quick, in there. Real quick, um, I know we both know spec ad, but um, can you kind of just break down for any listener what exactly is a spec ad? What is the big purpose behind you know creating something like that, and what can it like potentially do? Um, for you in your business? Um, spec ads are huge. Um, like spec ads are so, so important. And I think uh, spec ads to define that, in my opinion, would just be uh, work that's not necessarily paid, but it's you're investing into yourself to in hopes to get paid to a similar client that's in that same industry. And so for me, it's really helped because a lot of the work that you see on my Instagram, a lot of it is spec ads, you know, because um, obviously for legal reasons, I'm not allowed to post a lot of the content that I put po- that I make for other clients. But sometimes like the spec ads have landed me pretty big gigs. Like I'll just be totally transparent, like the orbit key. Like if you go on my Instagram, I recently did a gig with them. They like did the um, little like key organizer thing. They sent me that for free. It was like 30 bucks. Like I could have bought that on my own, right? Like, so I went on their website and I'll just walk you through kind of how this idea went. I basically went on their website. I was going to buy it anyway. I was stoked on their gear and I was like, I'm going to buy this. But then I was like, wait, this could be a good opportunity. I noticed they didn't have any videos. Like this would be a good opportunity to maybe try to get some work with them. So I emailed their, so this is another important thing. Go to their social media and DM them. 
<laughs> instead of just emailing their customer service line because two reasons. Number one, customer service people, they're there to do one thing and one thing only and that's answer customer service emails. Social media on the other yep. end, like they have managers running that that have a more of a seat at the table when they have their marketing meetings. Their social media guy is usually there. So DMing social companies is sometimes more effective. So that's what I did. I was like, yo, I really, I literally reached out to them. I was like, Hey, I'm going to buy your product. I was going to buy it anyway, but if you want to send it to me, I can create a video for you. Keep in mind, I did not say, Oh, I have X amount of followers and I'll give you a shout out. Like I did not use my audience at all. I just said, Hey, here's my work. Um, can you send me the product for free and I'll make a video. Long story short, that video you see on my Instagram is a free product. I got $30. I got some homies to model, blah, blah, blah. But after that, they were stoked on the video. And now I'm going to be working on a Kickstarter video with them next year in Australia. So like that one little spec ad, little $30, $30 spec ad basically led to a much bigger project. So yes, to answer your question, spec ads all day, dude. Spec ads all day. Yeah, seriously. Facts, man. That's been huge for me as well. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you take, what steps do you take to kind of better manage fear, stress, anxiety? Because I mean, those are things that are constantly, constantly hitting us all in the face. Um, being on social media, just naturally as content creators, you know, we always want to kind of level up with our content. And sometimes we put it out and we think it's the best thing ever, but people don't vibe with it at all. Um, some months, you know, we're doing extremely high. We're pulling in, you know, 10K or 8K, whatever from, you know, working with tons of clients and other months, like literally there's no work at all. How do you manage this? Like uh, the the perfect imbalance of of freelancing that comes with it. And, and obviously with that, the anxiety, stress and, and fear and all of that. Yeah. Um, I would say just being like super forgiving with yourself. I think a lot of that stress comes from you like trying to overachieve. That, that's like what it comes down to in my opinion. So for me, when I get to like, I'm literally going through it right now. Like I was just texting, uh, my fiance this morning or my girl, I was like, yo, I'm feeling burnt out. I was like, I was actually driving to this podcast and I was like, I'm kind of stoked to just like, <laughs> I was like, I feeling kind of stoked to just sit down and just like not work. Cause the past week, like literally it was like, shoot, edit, shoot, edit, barely sleeping, sleeping at night. And I was like, dude, I'm, I know, I know myself cause I've been through this enough where I'm like, I feel like I'm hitting burnout. And so when that happens, usually I do a few things, but some takeaways would be like, I always read. I always read. Reading is like a huge okay. one. I don't know if you've read, but like I have it right here, but this book is fire. You should read this. It's called Rework. Rework? Bro, hold on real quick. Get hey, at me. Let's What's go. good? <laughs> hey, if you're listening to this and you don't have this book, yeah, you got to get this book. Um, it's really bite-sized. Yeah, like to give context, we're, yeah. we're, we're FaceTiming right now. So we, we both have the book. Yeah, it's, it's a good book. I mean, like, it's really easy to read. It's not, too, uh, it's not too dense. Like, a lot of easy takeaways from there. But reading is huge for me. Uh, working out. But that's, it's so weird. Working out, though, is big. But for me, I have to be in a healthy mental space to want to go to the gym. So that's kind of like a twofold. Um, and honestly, just make sure you spend time with people that you care about because, you know, not everyone's on the same agenda as us. Like we're creators and we're business owners. So every time we hang out with people or talk to people, it's like business, business, business. What are you working on? What are you shooting? What do you, uh, all these kind of things. Just like literally grab a beer with your friend and just be like, yo, how's life? 
Like what, what's this like <laughs> s- slow, slow down. You know what I mean? Like just go talk about like what, where do you want to travel to next? What, like, what are you look for, looking forward to in the future? That's not always business related. So like, I feel like when you take a step back and like understand that client work too, there's only one you, there's so many clients. So if some client is like breathing down your neck, being like, yo, what the heck? Like, let's get this done. Let's do this. Let's do this. You'd be like, yo, take a step back. Cause if you want to go find another videographer, go for it. But right now, like this is my timeline. <laughs> and if you don't like this, then, then don't work with me. Like, I think once you understand that concept, you're just in a very healthy mental space. And then social media, as far as the anxiety goes with social media, that's like, that's never going to go away in my opinion. Just like the time of life, like the era we live in, I think lately in 2019, especially, I feel like people have been more vocal about like mental illness, depression, like social anxiety and all For of, sure. and like people yeah. are super vocal about it now. And they're trying to like really unplug and kind of force it. But for the most part, like it's kind of contradicting itself because as technology advances, we become more reliant on technology. So like it, it's, it's, it's always going to be this uphill battle with, with technology. And I, 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 I kind of group social media in with technology. So it's that, that part is never going to go away. That just really comes down to us being more like mentally and, and self-aware with everything else. Right on, man. Um, so kind of wrapping it up here, what is, what's the rest of this year look like for Edward Lee? What's next year look like? Like, give us a little insight. What are, what are big plans or goals for, you know, the rest of this year? And then I guess like for all, I mean, not have to break down the full next year, but I guess like what, what are some big goals you're hoping to accomplish? Um, and then I guess more, much more macro, but I'm just personally curious, you know, where do you see yourself in, you know, five to eight years? Um, where would you really like to be? And that's both like physically location, but also like just more relative, like in, in regards to like scale of your business. Are you having employees? Are you running three different businesses, mm-hmm. et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, my truth, my, my honest answer is, bro, I don't even know what I'm doing next week. But by my like, <laughs> I guess if you ask me what my aspirations are and I guess my goals, um, yeah, it yeah. would be more so like the course, as you mentioned, at the very beginning of this podcast, that's on my radar. So January through like December, January, and February is kind of when I'm trying to get that done. So that's kind of what my next couple months kind of looks like. Uh, I'm planning on getting married early next year as well. So that's on my agenda. Um, and then eventually, like just over the next few years, I would love to not be, um, doing client work. I'm trying to phase out of that. Like, I think at heart, I'm like an entrepreneur. I've really always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So like in, in like the, within the next five years, I would love to just be running businesses online, like running like three businesses where I'm making money in my sleep. And, you know, I, I want to be able to do more things that I love. So like, I just want to, I just want to like travel and do things like the podcast, like mid convo, meet new people. I just want to like, if I want to shoot a short film and dump a hundred K into it and just do it as a passion project, I would love to do that and just build a dope crew. Like that's kind of where I want to be within the next decade or so just content. I wanted to keep it as a passion and I want to be running business in other areas, whether that's through a course or an actual product that I start or whatever the case may be, I want to be an entrepreneur running businesses. I I don't see myself doing this 
um, content creation thing where I show up with the camera and I'm shooting on set with clients for too much longer. Like I'm, I'm going to phase out of that probably within the next five years or so, but I'm not willing, I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. Um, but I'm just going to do it a lot less. And I want to be able to, I see where our generation is headed right now with, with this technology and social media and all this stuff. So, um, my goal is just to like slow down. I really want to slow down. I feel like we live in a I want to, I told, um, Christine, my fiance, I was like, Hey, like next year, I was like, let's go visit some, like some countries like that are not in the States. I feel like when you go to visit these, like not third world countries, but if you go to visit how other people are living and like the conditions they're in and the, that what they're doing, a lot of perspective, dude, so much perspective. And I haven't even done it yet. And I know that I already know that's how it's going to be. So I really want to, I really want to go travel to Asia. I want to see how people are living. I think it's going to give me a reality check because in America we're like go 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 hustle all the time and it's like bro it's so exhausting I just want to I just want to live in a cabin for like this lately I've been feeling like I just want to live in a cabin for like a week as like a retreat and then like <laughs> and then like come back into this like chaotic chaotic like work scene so that that's kind of the plan I'm going to Whistler in like two weeks so I'm gonna just chill out oh yeah chill out for a little bit but yeah I mean hope that answers your question I mean not really sure exactly where I'm headed but those are kind of the gist of my goals and aspirations yeah no I think I think that's the same boat with everyone really you know I mean think no one really has like a perfect blueprint for where they're going you know I think what's just really important is that you kind of have those next couple steps figured yeah. out and you just always kind of keep moving what forward about you? And, and you're gonna kind of con- continue that along the way what about um, you? I know for me personally, um, it's been, uh, I've been debating a lot. So um, I don't want to like sit and talk about numbers or anything, but my business is doing really well right now. Um, doing really good here in Orlando, but I'm at um, kind of at a crossroads because Orlando isn't exactly the market um, I think I'm suited for. Um, so I guess on a personal side, Orlando's very, uh, chill and like laid back and so no one um is like super motivated or driven which is fine um there's nothing against that but i'm just like a very um motivated hyperactive person like i always need to be doing something um and so one on a personal scale like it's just uh I feel somewhat of a lack of connection here because i don't have like a ton of people that are really niched in like super passionate about like filmmaking i don't mean like filmmaking as in like content creation i i mean like specifically like legit like making films or documentaries or music videos and so obviously out in la there's a huge market for that and so um then on on the professional scale you know here in orlando it's much more um of a corporate client base corporate and fashion industry again not really what i'm super passionate about um weddings are great out here too so if you love weddings come to orlando um wedding market's great but yeah it's just not not what i'm really passionate about so um i've been in a big debate if i wanted to stay here and just continue to scale or move out west um and my plan is is to move out west i'm gonna kind of risk it for the biscuit um oh, snap move out there and uh and see what happens you know i'm i'm young 25 so uh risk it now go for it now i don't want to you know end up staying in orlando scaling my business and then four years down the road i'm just like uh it's too late to move and and i kind of just find myself like stuck here so yeah next next year i'm planning to move out to la in the summer um 
and uh, take things to the next level from there, man. I'm I'm, uh, I'm just really stoked. Uh, there's just people. There's so many incredible filmmakers out there that are like just vastly, vastly better than me. And so I'm just like really excited to get out there and just like feel like an idiot again, like to be on set and <laughs> yeah. like, what is that? What is that? Just like bug eyed and everything, you know? Um, and just to learn, take it all in. And, and again, yeah, just to like to take things to the next level, um, work on, on bigger sets, big, bigger scales, bigger clientele. So yeah, yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm heading, that's man. Awesome, I'm, dude. I'm stoked for you. I mean, I see your work and I definitely see you being like, you're in that kind of more like DP cinematographer world, you know, on set with people and lighting and all that. So LA is the place to be for that kind of stuff. So for sure, man. And if you ever make your way up to Seattle, hit your boy up come over here oh i'm i'm coming back yeah, yeah man two uh what was it it was two years ago i did my first i had been itching to go there forever and i did a two-week uh backpacking trip there in oregon and that was such an incredible trip man like it is so beautiful yeah up there. it's nice over here man and seattle is like your your city is so clean bro <laughs> too many it's like i go back home though, and visit bro. cincinnati it's terrible no well yeah i mean there is a lot but not nearly as bad as uh as portland portland is yeah rough, man. it's just there's a couple areas around it's here it's pretty bad dirty yeah <laughs> you think you're gonna you think you're gonna still be in seattle or is that kind of open-ended for you? Do you guys know if, if you're planning to move at all? Or um, Yeah, I, I really like Seattle. I think LA is like dope to visit, but I don't really see myself living there. That's because I guess like I haven't found a, a true reason yet. Like I feel like there hasn't been, I guess what of my angle is has nothing to do with the location that I'm in. And like Seattle is, I love it here, you know, it's like home, but I love visiting LA too. And honestly, I would say like if I got more hyper connected in LA's like filmmaking community I could see myself like wanting to go move there and who knows I might end up in California at some point in my life but I think for now Seattle but definitely something if I were to move anywhere it would it would most likely be LA or OC like Orange County area around there yeah sweet so um before I get you to pitch out your socials and such so everyone can can follow you uh follow your journey is there anything uh, I should have asked you that I didn't? Mm, not really. Or anything that you specifically would like to say to these listeners or insight you'd like to provide, happy quote of the day, <laughs> etc. cetera. Uh, well, I guess we didn't really talk about like my job history. Uh, I just want people to know that like if they're listening, like I didn't just go full send as a freelancer like from high school or something like that. Like I worked starbucks i worked zoomies i worked a bunch of like crappy jobs before i landed upon this filmmaking career i also worked at a startup called rhino camera gear which they make like camera equipment and sliders and so i was there for like two whole years and i like 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 busted it there so um if you're listening to this i just want you to know that like when you hear people like me and kyle talk we're not like oh like you know we're just like these passionate individuals that just like stumbled upon their their creativeness but <laughs> like i if you're working a job you're not that passionate about trust me like we all been there so that's just the only thing is like, don't be so discouraged if you're like waiting or bussing tables or you're doing valet or anything like that. Like just make sure your side hustle, the moment it passes your main, that's when you should quit. But that's like the only thing that I would maybe say. Facts, man. Yeah. So 
with that being said, where are we at on social media? What's your website? Where can people file, uh, follow you and just follow your journey as well as potentially hire you for work? Yeah, man, totally. Well, if you're in Seattle area and you're a client and you're listening to this, hit me up or you know anybody who needs video work. Um, actually, actually don't hit me up. I've been, I'm going to be blocked out for the next four months. So don't hit me up. <laughs> don't hit me. I'm not taking on any more client work, but, uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Edward Lee films. Uh, it's L E E is my last name. So Edward Lee films. Um, that's pretty much it. Like I just post on Instagram. My website needs to be updated, but if you guys want to follow my journey there, that'd be cool. I also have a podcast called mid convo. So yeah, go to my Instagram, click the link in the bio and check that out. I got to get Kyle on the podcast now. So that'd be pretty cool. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah. Yo, that last episode, uh, that last episode was fire. Those guys were oh, yeah. super, super cool. Super unique story, man. Very crazy, man. One million on TikTok or just overall in like less than freaking a week. It's just insane. So insane. Who's uh who's the next guest? Are you are you allowed um, to share? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like the podcast is definitely not a secret thing for me. I just do it more for like conversations. Like I I really like love having conversations like this. So that's kind of what the podcast is for. Like no ulterior motives, it's just raw conversations. But um pretty much I well, I just uploaded an episode yesterday. I haven't really promoted it yet. I'm still trying to figure out like how, okay. how I want to go about promoting these podcast episodes. Like I was filming it for a little bit and I'm like going back and forth between like video and all that stuff. Same struggle, bro. So I'm like, uh, I'm such a visual person. Yeah, I'm like, what, what makes sense? But yeah, I just had S Lee on the podcast. It just went live yesterday. She's like a Seattle based photographer. She's LA and Seattle. She's from LA. She was there most of her okay, life and right on. she's worked with like companies like Dior and Michael Kors and does like these crazy aesthetic type deals. And so she was on the podcast and, um, I'm hoping to get a few other creators. I really want to, I, I really want to get some like hardcore entrepreneurs on my podcast, like people that don't really have a social following, but I've made like millions or made really done well for themselves in life. And they've built like a household name brand that we all know about something like that. Like, I don't know if you listen to, um, how I built this by Guy Raz on po on Spotify. Yes, I just got put onto yeah, that like two weeks but ago, dude. It's so fascinating to hear how like these household name brands that we all use in our everyday life, and you're like, whoa, like that's how they built this like empire. So I, I eventually want to get into entrepreneurs, but right now it's just kind of like creatives and filmmakers who are running their own business, but people trying to pretty much chase their passion. Hell yeah. Sweet. Well, we're looking at way over the 45 minute mark. I hope to hit. <laughs> yeah, we, we rambled a bit, but Hey, I feel like there was some good stuff in there. I feel like there's a lot no, of good stuff sure. that people could take away from. So that's rad. And it's all, it's what I always hope. I mean, like you mentioned, man, that's like the beauty of this is like, it's just kind of like a form of release. Like, cause again, like I'm sure you're the same boat. Like my office, like my office camaraderie is shit because my office is me. Like there's no like <laughs> employees next to me, you know? So like, this is like my leeway into conversation or like heading to a coffee shop for a couple hours, like just like be around or like converse yeah. with people. Um, so it's good to just, yeah, just ramble and just talk about life, man. Yeah, it is. It's therapeutic, man. Sweet. I just, I love talking about it with other creatives. Facts, bro. All right, sweet. This has been an incredible episode. Edward, thank you for stopping by. Everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. We got incredible guests coming next week. Mm -hmm.